podcast as part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. Hello and welcome to today's episode of 49ers Unrestricted. I am back with my co-host, Daniel Bigelow. Daniel, how you doing on this fine Thursday morning? Hey, remember us? We're back. It has been it has been too long. Listeners, I thank you for your loyalty. I logged in today. We had two downloads on August 7th, and we have not recorded since June. So clearly the people have been clamoring for some 49ers unrestricted content. We are sorry for this uh, this hiatus, but we are back as the 49ers are back in training camp, and we will be here to stay throughout the 2023 NFL season. Daniel, anything you want to say to the listeners after our, our hiatus? Yeah, you're, uh, you're obviously the 49er faithful, and we love that, and we deeply appreciate that. But uh, we got a fun season ahead. I feel like every year, I get more and more excited to be a 49ers fan and to watch some good football. Um, But this year especially, I'm overjoyed with a lot of these guys on the roster, whether it's guys like George Kittle or even some of these rookies like uh, Robert Beal Jr. I'm just hearing good things about guys all across the board, and I can't wait to see where they fit in, how they play, and how many wins this Niners team can get. Yeah, it's going to be fun. This team is is very, very talented and knows that its window, while not closing, is not as open as it was. So this is a motivated team and a team that is one of the NFL's best. So we are excited to get to start hearing about them in, in training camp. I think a couple just major news pieces of the 49ers in camp that we need to need to talk about just broke yesterday that 49ers owner Jed York is being sued for some kind of insider trading something involved in his ownership and being on the board of Chegg that online textbook study material company I don't think it affects the 49ers at all I hope that all gets sorted out if he did something wrong I hope he gets in trouble but as we've seen it takes a lot more than doing one thing wrong for it to matter as an NFL owner Jed York is not the owner he was 10 years ago. He has been a one of the NFL's more stable, more competent owners, really, ever since the whole Jim Harbaugh debacle. He's got a good partnership with Lynch and Shanahan, so hopefully that doesn't get shaken up. If it does, it'll be fine. The 49ers are a major brand. They'll they'll sell for a lot of money and, and will continue to be just fine. But, yeah, I can't imagine that even if he did do these things that it's going to affect his 49ers ownership. I mean, you watch what happened in Washington, and it took many, many, much worse things than insider trading to to get Dan Snyder out of there, and he ultimately still had to choose to sell. So I can't really imagine the York family going anywhere, but we'll probably know more as that develops. But it, I, it doesn't affect the 49ers season at all. So I don't know. I don't really care much about it. Daniel, any thoughts on that one, or should we move on? Uh, more than happy to move on. Not <laughs> – not a not a not very knowledgeable in insider trading on my part, no. but uh, it, let's let's just do good things here, 49ers. <laughs> yeah, my comment is bad people. If you do a bad thing, you should get in trouble, and no matter what, it's not going to affect the 49ers on field play. So it doesn't really matter for us here. 
Other news, Brock Purdy is back. He has been a full participant in training camp, making all the throws. The only exception is he has, I think, a rest day every three days where he doesn't throw. That obviously won't really matter in the season at all because of the practice cadence. That'll be easy to abide to if he sticks through that at that throughout the regular season. But in training camp, that does mean that every couple of days he is sitting out and Trey Lance or Sam Darnold is is playing with the ones that day, which lets them to you know, really continue their QB battle for the QB2 spot, which is kind of where all the drama is this offseason. But the good news is, is that Purdy has been 100% cleared. The rehab went exactly as planned, and by all accounts, he is, he is healthy. So that is really, is really good news for the 49ers because that's what they wanted. And as you've just kind of read more and more stuff coming out of Kyle Shanahan's done some interviews, and you're starting to realize Shanahan really, really likes Purdy. So that's good news. Yeah, Daniel, anything on Purdy's health? I think the the overall takeaway is just that he's healthy. Yeah, Daniel, so Purdy back participating, occasional rest day. How are you feeling about his health going into the 2023 season? Feeling great if Kyle's feeling great. I think that he has shown, because Kyle's a very upfront guy, he has shown that he's confident in it, and I think that it would be the other way, if anything, that Kyle would be taking his his time to be confident with Purdy's arm. So I feel great. Uh, I think the rest days is just a necessary thing because if you throw a guy right back in and he re-injures himself, it's it's only the coaching staff to blame of, hey, why did we rush him back in and he's not fully there? So I think they're handling it perfectly. Uh, I I like hearing Kyle's confidence for sure and the fact that he's already getting as many reps as he is is a big sign and is great. Um... Yeah, there's there's really no issue, no science to me. Um, I'm even liking Trent Williams's comments about uh, Purdy's mindset, his wisdom, even more than has his athletic ability and his arm, because I already like those things. So I I think he's going to be good to go, and I am extremely excited to see him throw uh, a meaningful, not that training camp is not meaningful, but a true meaningful pass. Yeah. I agree. It'll be it'll be fun to see and by all accounts seems like he's ready to go and I just I can't see these rest days affecting him significantly throughout the regular season. You're always going to have 3 days between games. I'm I'm pretty unconcerned about it. Uh Dan Daniel, do we want to talk about now? Nah, we'll wait for the for the QB battle raging for the QB2 spot that all of Twitter wants us to care about until we get to uh the depth chart breakdown that's going to be the meat of today's episode. I'm trying to think if there's any other big news. The 49ers recently signed Taco Charlton, first former first-round defensive end pick, who I believe was originally on the Cowboys. By all accounts, has bounced around since. Yeah. I mean, you know I love getting these kind of guys in the 49ers, the guys who have all the tools, had all the pedigree coming out, and then didn't really establish it because, and I think you agree, I think Chris Kasurik can make pretty much anybody into a great defensive lineman, especially someone who has the physical tools. So I'm actually kind of excited about Charlton just because who knows what might happen once we get him in that system. So I'll be excited to see what's going on there. But, yeah. Yeah, big things big things coming for the new ads. So I'm excited to see what, what they can bring, what we can do. Um and Taco Charlton may be a part of that. He may not be. So we'll, we'll see where he exactly fits into that. Yeah, I agree. Couldn't have, couldn't have said that any better. Well, the 
the meat and potatoes of today's episode is going to be breaking down the 49ers' first unofficial depth chart of the 2023 NFL season. This came out about two days ago on August 8th. It is important to point out that the football coaches have absolutely no insight on the making of this depth chart. Kyle Shanahan may have never even seen this. This is not something that the coaching staff works on. Instead, this is the PR staff. This is the communication staff. So we should take everything with a grain of salt, but it should lead to some fun conversations that that I'm excited about. So Daniel, you want to just kind of work our way through this depth chart and anything that's exciting to us, just tell the listeners why it's exciting. Yeah, I've been telling Timmy that I am not excited for the the quarterback talk. I'm not excited for all the questions of who's it going to be. Uh, I feel like that has been the narrative all offseason, and that's all people have ever talked about with the 49ers for the last, gosh, I don't know, five years of quarterback this, quarterback that. And I'm like, I just, can we focus on some other guys as well? Like, can we not forget that we have a Nick Bosa who we need to give an extension to, but just so many guys like are, are way more fun to talk about in my mind, like a Fred Warner, Talanoa Hufunga, Christian McCaffrey, and what a full season of him is going to do, what him actually getting in an offseason um, and uh, training camp with the 49ers is going to do for the offense and for him. Because if we remember, he stepped right in immediately, not knowing the, the playbook completely and just, just like, hey, I know how to run this route. Let's do that. And getting some time to study and learn the actual offense, um, it's going to be huge. And so those are things I way more want to talk about than uh, is, is it going to be Brock? Is it not? Because it's going to be if he's healthy and he looks pretty healthy to me and we'll see how he plays. And if it's not, Trey's going to get another shot or Sam will. And I just, I'm so tired of trying to figure it out when I, and I, I feel like Kyle Shanahan's got to be so sick of it as well. When he's like, we have so much talent on this team. Wait, all but we're Kyle Shanahan is, loves talking about his quarterback room and decisions. He never snaps at media for asking him questions about that. So why would it bother precisely. him? Precisely. But yeah, I think I, I'm interested in it because I am still rooting for Trey Lance to, beat Brock Purdy I'll be honest and my opinion on it is simple I think Brock Purdy is really really good I'm excited for him to be the 49ers quarterback I also think the 49ers drafted Trey Lance third overall because they thought he could be a generational talent a Patrick Mahomes a Josh Allen type of guy Brock Purdy cannot be that that is not in his that is not in his ceiling and so Trey Lance has never really been healthy. He's just still working through all these mechanics. He's always been a really, really unpolished quarterback. The 49ers thought they could develop him into that polished guy his rookie year. He battled with injuries. It just never happened. And so my opinion on it is that if Trey Lance does beat out Brock Purdy, it's because he is one of those guys. And if he is one of those guys, that is undeniably the best case for the 49ers. So... I think all 49ers fans should be saying, yep, Purdy's great. Right now it's his job. He's going to do a great job, and I'm rooting for him. But it would be pretty sweet if it turned out Trey Lance actually was an elite generational guy. That's my take on it, and that's how I feel. So I'm interested in it because I 
do think if it would be it would be good for the 49ers if Trey Lance beat out Brock Purdy, but by all accounts he doesn't seem to be to be doing that. His short game is struggling. Sounds like he's improved, but a lot of the inconsistency issues are are still there. Maybe he lights up the preseason, who knows, but it's going to be it's going to be a long road to proving that he's one of those guys and and taking that starting job from Purdy. Sam Darnold, you know, is is there um, Sam Darnold is one of those guys who had he's he fl- there. Yeah, I mean he flashed with the Panthers last year, right? And so he's a guy that you could understand saying this is a guy who was supposed to be had all the physical tools coming out, even though he went to a terrible school, but he had all the things that were supposed to make him like a truly elite starting quarterback and had some really, really bad situations. I mean, the mono his rookie year, just you could understand if it took him a few years to to take off. And I so see ghosts. I understand, yeah, he sees ghosts, all these things that just, I understand it being, hey, let's put him in Kyle Shanahan's system, maybe it turns out he really is this guy, and so I, I see how you wind up thinking that, so I'm interested in the Darnold storyline, but I'm, I'm rooting for Trey to get that backup spot, that is a battle, um, if we're going to read through this depth chart, we have Brock Purdy, QB1, and we have Trey Lance or Sam Darnold because they just wanted to mess with us, I guess. And then Brandon Allen, who could hopefully be on the practice squad. I can't see the Niners not carrying three quarterbacks after what happened last year. So I, I think all three of those guys will be on it. But who wins the number two job will will be interesting to watch. Like I'm interested in it, but I agree that it's not actually important because this is Purdy's job, barring Trey Lance just having the best preseason and second half of training camp of all time i i personally don't even think that i don't think there's any amount of success trey lance can have in training camp preseason games to pass brock purdy i don't care if he throws seven touchdowns in a game i don't think he's taking brock's spot um because one it's training camp and yeah you look good so maybe they maybe it makes them want to get him more involved in certain plays but trey has looked so um you could throw in so many words, inconsistent, whatever, in regular season games. And Brock has been 7-0 and in regular regular season games. So I see no way that Trey surpasses Brock, um, in, uh, certainly to start the season. Um, but part of me would even say without injury, unless Brock Purdy's 7-0 and regular season stretch is a fluke and his rookie thing and he'll never do it again. That is the only way I see Lance surpassing him is, is an injury or a, a Brock pretty implosion. Um, and I'm, I'm certainly rooting for Brock. I think that his story is incredible. Um, I, I, you know, Trey Lance is so young and still so inexperienced with his little, little play in college and going into his third year in the NFL, but still feels like his rookie year. Cause he's never had a full, year of being healthy or even playing so um you know i i'm not i i see your point of like hey it'd be good for 49ers fans if trey lance was good i would like for him to be good and then we trade him for as much draft capital as possible um that's my best case scenario i was never really a fan of the three first rounds for trey and it's easy to say that now seeing him but um Maybe I'll go back and listen to some podcasts from that time, but three first rounders for a young, young quarterback was not my cup of tea. Um, so I would, I would be more than thrilled if Brock Purdy was 
the starter for the Niners for the next five to ten years, whatever it was, that would be a dream. To, have to be Mr. honest, I, I would just like to have the same starter for five to ten years at this point to my, my 49ers yeah, fandom. I would like to have a guy who yeah. is stable and can start for a long, extensive run. That's that's really Amen. all I'm asking. But yeah, so it'll be interesting, but it's not, I mean, it, it, it's not, there's no drama. Like, this is Brock Purdy's job. I mean, if you hear Kyle Shanahan talk about him, there's no, there's no ifs, ands, or buts. Like, this is Purdy's job, and everyone else is, is fighting for scraps. And that's an interesting fight, but it's not a particularly significant one. Um, well, yeah. moving on on the depth chart, we got wide receiver. I'm just going to loop all the receivers into one. You, you put up two lines, right, because you start two receivers. But I'll just kind of read through the names. Uh, we have D- one of the rows, Debo Samuel, Jawan Jennings, Chris Conley, Willie Sneed, Tay Martin, Brandon Ayuk, Ray Ray McLeod, Danny Gray, Ronnie Bell, rookie Ronnie Bell, Daz Newsome, Isaiah Winstead, also a rookie. Um, I think looking at this, there's a couple guys I think are locks. Uh, shocker, but I think Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, Jawan Jennings, totally locked in. Ray Ray McLeod, I have a hard time seeing going anywhere because he was good on offense last year, filled in well when Debo had some injuries, and is a pretty solid special teams player. And Danny Gray, that the team put a lot of draft capital into, and by all accounts, really likes. So I think he's good. So that's right there. That's five receivers. So there could be one more spot. I don't know, Daniel. I I think of those other names, Ronnie Bell is probably the guy that that maybe climbs the depth chart and stays on the team, but. Anyone else you think could be worth watching? I mean, Willie Sneed got a little playtime last year. Maybe here Conley or Martin wind up on the practice squad, but I think the guys who will be on the roster will be some combination of Ayuk, Samuel, Jennings, McLeod, Gray, and potentially Bell. Yeah, you got obviously your top four is Debo, Ayuk, Jennings, and McLeod, all in that order. And then fifth, I would I would presume is Danny Gray. As you said, they put a lot of draft capital into him. Um and Ronnie Bell was he was he a seventh round pick this last year? It was six or seven. I he was, I think thought he, was, he was. Yeah, let me double check. But they, I've seen good things. They like him. Um, you know, Chris Conley was signed this offseason. A veteran who pick. hasn't really yeah who hasn't really done anything. Willie Sneed had a cool catch the other day in training camp, but was on the practice squad this last year. Where I think that he'll go as well. So it all it all depends on how many they take. Um, we haven't gotten to running backs yet, but number of running backs always decides helps decide a uh, number of wide receivers taken. So, I want to say was it four and five last year? Four running backs, five receivers, something like that, because they took a little more defense than they did offense. Um, and my my thought is they they go five receivers because they have a Christian McCaffrey and they have a Kyle Ustrek. And so those are two very involved guys in the, the passing game as well. So really, you only need five, and then you get an injury, you bring you bring somebody up from the, from the practice squad. So I I would see that you know Debo Ayuk and Jennings are the top three by far. Um, I'm curious to see in terms of targets where Debo and Ayuk fare. I'm I'm curious. You know, we, there's been a lot of noise. Good noise about Brandon Ayuk. Yeah, uh, Ayuk has once again confidence. been like the 49ers' best offensive player in training camp. Or maybe not best, but has been the most impressive training camp player this year. So it's definitely uh, it's it's definitely important. 
So I think that's I, I think Ayuk continues to just light it up, and it begs the question of what happens when his rookie deals up. Can the 49ers afford to pay him along with everyone else? I mean, this is a guy who could be a wide receiver one on many teams in the NFL. So I'm really happy about Ayuk. I think Debo Debo is you know we've got the best shape of his life season talk. Debo has come out and said he was really out of shape last season, and he thought he had a bad a bad season last year, and so he has been. Uh, he has come in with a fire under his butt. There was some talk about a lot of shirtless selfies that he was sending to Kyle Shanahan to attest to his work ethic. Shanahan said in one of his press conferences he had never uh, been sent that many uh, shirtless photos by a man before. But Debo is coming in with a fire under his butt, which is, I mean, we've seen Debo come in, you know, one year, his uh, was it his sophomore year, a little out of shape. The next year, you know, the all-pro season. Then last year, contract battles. He's openly admitted that this led to his, uh, to his his season that he has he was disappointed in himself last year and so has come in in way better shape and way better form and is excited for this year so I could see another monster season for for Debo coming but it's also you know best shape of his life stuff is is always a little hard to to deal with but Debo has looked it and Debo has proven that when he's got a fire under his butt uh you should get out of his way <laughs> Hey, one one funny thing on uh on Twitter, I saw that because uh, the Niners and Raiders are practicing as we speak, joint practices right now, and uh, Jimmy is saying hi to all his his former buddies, right? But he's uh he's in a he's in a red jersey <laughs> because he's quarterback, but so he's with the 49ers in a red jersey. Yeah, it's it's kind of weird to see Jimmy on a different team. I'm not gonna lie. Super weird. I kind of miss him. I didn't think I'd say that, but I, I miss him just a little. Yeah, you're alone in that one. You're alone in that one. So let's move down to tight ends. George Kittle, number one. Nice. Don't need to spend any more time there. And uh, it's always been a toss-up for anyone behind him. You know, was it last year or two years ago they brought in Tyler Croft? That was just last year. Yeah, Croft was on the squad last yeah. year. Yeah, he's not this year, but they, they brought him in for extra blocking help. Not that Kittle needs any blocking help. Um, but on this depth chart, Charlie Warner is number two. Ross Dwelly is number three, so that's kind of a switch around from years past. And then uh, Troy uh, Fumajali is, hope that's how I how I would say it, is four, Cameron Latou, five, and uh, Braden Williams, six. But... I doubt Troy makes the team, and obviously Cameron Latou will. I think by the end of this season, Cameron Latou could be the number two guy. I agree. Tight end out of Alabama that I'm excited about. Braden Willis is um, another guy that is that has been impressive. I think him sneaking onto the roster is a possibility as well, which means there is a chance that Ross Dwelly could be out in the cold, which I don't want. I like Dwelly, but I would not be surprised if Dwelly does not make the roster this year. Hey, I don't know if we've ever shared this on the pod, um, but so, well, we've shared the, the fact that Timmy and I met at a, a summer camp working together, but one of the guys we also met there, and uh, one, of, one of my groomsmen, his name is Martin, his older brother, Corey, started over Ross Dwelly as tight end in high school. And so every time I see Ross Dwelly, I just think of my good friend Marty's older brother, Corey, and I'm like, ah, Corey should be the second string tight end on the Niners. Yeah. 
uh, that that might be a case for why why I'm saying Cameron Latou and Braden Willis might might sneak on the roster at Dwelly's expense. And it it also makes me think because I've played football with Corey and he's an absolute beast. But I'm like, well, if I'm just playing football casually with this guy who started over a professional tight end, maybe this tight end's not that good. <laughs> so I'm always like, ah, who knows? But you know, anytime Kittle gets injured, yeah. Rostwelly seems to have a big week. So I know I'm I'm rooting for Rostwelly to make the roster, but I'm I'm a little concerned about it. Maybe the 49ers roll with Kittle, Dwelly, Latou, Kittle, Warner, Latou, sneak Braden Willis onto the practice squad or something. There's a lot of possibilities, but but I think that's worth uh, that's a battle worth keeping an eye on. But Kittle obviously has the number one locked up. Uh, running backs, keep this one easy. Christian McCaffrey is going to be the RB1. Elijah Mitchell's in there at RB2. He's currently out of camp with an injury. Elijah Mitchell is unquestionably the, unquestionably the 49ers' second running back and is going to get playing time in games when McCaffrey's healthy, as long as Mitchell's healthy, which right now he's not, and throughout his career he has struggled to be. So if someone leaps ahead of Mitchell on the depth chart, it's going to be because of of health, not ability. But the 49ers definitely want another active running back to keep the workload light on McCaffrey so that he can stay healthy down the stretch. McCaffrey is the NFL's best running back, the most versatile running back. People are saying maybe another 1,000-yard catching, another 1,000-yard receiving season in the works for McCaffrey this year. He would be the first NFL player to record two of those. So definitely a really fun possibility to see what McCaffrey might do. After that, we got Ty Davis-Price, Jordan Mason. Jordan Mason, I think, is a lock to make the roster because he's been a good special teamer. Ty Davis-Price, the team likes as well. Then you got Jeremy McNichols, who the 49ers just brought in off of waivers. He's looked fresh at camp. They cut one of their rookie running backs already to replace with McNichols. And then they've got Kalen LeBourne, another rookie. Honestly, I think all of those guys will make the 49ers roster in some version of practice squad and roster. I think McCaffrey, Mitchell, and TDP Mason will all be on the main roster. Other guys, I bet, sneak into the practice squad because, as we've seen, the 49ers uh, can't keep running backs healthy. And so they're going to need a lot of guys. So I actually think all of those running backs are going to make the 49ers roster in one way or another. Daniel, anything big on the running back room? No, nothing big. Um but I'm with you on your thought. I think they're going to be keeping a lot or certainly have them stashed away in the practice squad at the very least because they go down. Um, I believe Jordan Jordan Mason seems to be the, the guy who can stay the healthiest, and I'm excited about him yet again to just love undrafted free agents who come in and, and can make some noise. Like That is a huge testament, so all about that. And I would love, I would really like for him to be the number three. I would like for him to stick around and be the number three running back and get some touches every so often here and there. Um, I just, I love, I'm a big story guy. That's why part of why I love Brock Purdy, part of why I love Jordan Mason. Um, but I also love his ability. So yeah, I, I, I expect, just like you said, I expect him to be around not only, um, yeah, he will not be on the practice squad and I, he will be kept around. Um, anyone after TDP, um, I assume we go with four, maybe five. I would just be really surprised if we took five running backs because I only assume. I I just a, think Mason day. is a Mason is this very safe bet just because the special teams unit likes him and he's been a contributor on special teams and that's how you make those decisions at the NFL level. It's who can who can contribute on special teams, you know. Yep. Yeah. So. Um, 
I see them rolling with four. Maybe Jeremy McNichols sticks around on the practice squad or something, but uh, just realistically, having more than four running backs and expecting anybody to get decent playing time, it's almost better just to keep them on the practice squad so that um, they can get more reps. Yeah, totally agree. We're going to try to try to fly through some of these. Let's hit the offensive line just real quick. Trent Williams is going to start at left tackle. Aaron Banks, by all accounts, has been really impressive this year. I think he's locked in at left guard. Jake Brendel at center, obviously phenomenal last year, not going anywhere. Spencer Burford, also having an incredible camp. That's going to be a, a fun one as well. Colton McKivitz is going to be... Mike McGlinchey's equivalent at right tackle. There's been some buzz that the 49ers think Mike McGlinchey's replacement. There's been some buzz the 49ers think he's better than McGlinchey has been. So that'll be fun. What? I that's the starting five on this unit, and I I think that's going to be right. Daniel, any any qualms with that? I'm pretty confident that the five on this unofficial depth chart are going to be the five. Do you disagree? No, I don't, I don't disagree a bit. That that's exactly what they've shown that they will at least give. It's McKivitz's job to lose, so they're going to give him the the chance to 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 play to lose it. Um, and I don't I don't really think he will. I don't really know who else would would come in and take over for him necessarily. So I'm just, I'm hoping that he exceeds expectations and and minor low for McKivitz. Not not too low, but you know, I liked McGlinchey for a number of years, and I'd be surprised if McKivitz came in and and played at that level right away. So. Yeah. We'll see, but that is for sure the starting five right there. Yeah, I think that's locked in. In terms of replacements, uh, Jalen Moore is going to be this team's swing tackle. They really like him. He's been really good. Just came back from an injury. Uh, the team really, really likes Moore. He's going to be the swing tackle. I, I think that's unquestionable. I think Matt Pryor and John Feliciano will probably both make the team. After that, I don't really know other than I know this team really, really likes Jason Poe, but I also know that Jason Poe has really only played guard and tackle and is too small to play those at the NFL level, so he's going to need to transition to center. So they've been getting him some center snaps, so I think there's a chance he could learn that. He's really, really liked, by all accounts, a good player, a hard worker. Just doesn't necessarily have the right body type for some of those O-line spots, but I could see him sneaking onto the roster as well, maybe like a backup center or onto the practice squad. There's a couple rookies in there, Corey Luciano, Joey Fisher. Uh, the team brought in Matt Pryor and John Feliciano. I think those guys probably make it. Nick Jaquels, Keith Ismael. To be honest, I don't know who's going to make the roster other than I'm pretty confident that Jalen Moore will be in the swing tackle and that Matt Pryor will be there. But I don't know, Daniel. How do you think the offensive line backup room is going to shake out? Um, I, I'd agree with pretty much what you said. If I'm being honest, I'm not too concerned with it. Uh, they signed... The, the the two veterans that you noted, John Feliciano and Matt Pryor, and I think those are really the ones that you pay enough attention to. Nick Sakelge is and Jalen Moore, the other two guys, so I would say those are the four that they keep around. Um and not in a mean way, but I hope we don't have to see much of them. I hope that our O line just stays healthy and we can roll with our starting five. So that's what I got. Um I'm more excited about some of this some of these defenders. Yeah. Where do so you want to start let's there? Get into that. Let's just start with the D-line and keep moving down. Because um, yeah. a lot of the defenses, there's really not much to to talk about other than one or two things because we already know it. You know, it's Drake Jackson, Eric Armstead, J- uh, Javon Hargrave, and uh, Clellan Farrell. That wouldn't surprise me the, that we've got Clellan Farrell listed at right defensive end, but there's a name missing from that, Daniel. Who is it? Huh, weird. 
Yeah, so we all know that we're waiting for our, our buddy, our good friend Nick Bosa, to be getting a contract extension. So he's not at camp yet. Not a lot of noise about that. Uh, he's, you know, we love him. They love him. I'm sure there's things being worked out. It's yeah. kind of, it's just how it goes now. If you it, are waiting for an extension, you're waiting for money, you don't show up. And it's it like, is hey, worth no noting. feelings. Yeah. It, it is worth noting that with Bosa holding out, the 49ers have the right to fine him for that, and they're choosing not to fine him. So this is on is good it, yeah. terms. It's hashing out minor details. He's going to become the NFL's highest paid player. Both sides know it, and there's, there's something they're negotiating over. It'll work itself out. Bosa doesn't need any practice to be ready. He's the best defensive player in the NFL. He will be there. I think he'll fill in probably for that Clellan Farrell spot. But that makes me excited that Clellan Farrell is is listed as a starter here. Because if he's a backup, this is another former first-round guy, similar to what I said about Charlton, who I'm really excited to see in the 49ers system. He was on the Raiders originally, uh, never really took off there. But but I'm, I'm excited for what he might be able to do on the 49ers. But yes, Bosa's holdout. Probably should have led the show with it. It is the biggest news, but it just doesn't feel like news. His brother held out. Uh, he held out as a rookie. It's going to be, it's going to be fine. It's going to work itself out, and and he'll be there. So, we'll uh, we'll see what happens. That we will. But yeah, no no one's worried about it. I think the the note that you made that he's not getting fined when he could be shows exactly how how things are going. So, if you keep going down the line to, um. Your linebackers, we're just kind of looking at that starting lineup right now. The big thing is that Oren Burks, and he has been all season. He's in the starting lineup yeah. uh, alongside Fred Warner and Dre Greenlaw. Um, you've got Curtis Robinson behind him, Demetrius Flanagan Fowles, and uh, Marcelino McCrary Ball. I think that those, uh, no, they only carry, they usually only carry five linebackers. And so I think that, I mean, Flanagan Fowles is always there. Uh, Curtis Robinson was, and so I think that McCray Ball yet again is going to be a practice squad guy. Um, cornerbacks, this is where I'm I'm excited to see how this shapes up. Again, this is not the coaches doing it, but you're starting two cornerbacks left and right are Traverius Ward and Diamador Lenore. But right now they have Isaiah Oliver as the starting nickelback, and that is kind of what we thought it would be. Other than, hey, Samuel Womack last year started there as well until Jimmy Ward took over. So, again, this isn't official, but I would say Oliver and Womack are competing for that nickel spot. Um, Amber Thomas is that third, technically fourth string cornerback because Oliver or Womack, I would say, whichever one's not playing the nickel, would go in before Thomas. I'm not um, so sure about that. Ambry Thomas has been no? having an, an impressive camp for sure. And I am an Ambry Thomas defender and an Ambry Thomas believer. Is it just because I saw him intercept a Matthew Stafford pass right in front of my own eyes to end the 49ers-Rams game two years ago? Probably, but I've been an Ambry Thomas <laughs> fan ever since. So by all accounts, he's muscled up a little, is playing way more aggressive. If he sneaks in there and, and becomes a, a bigger contributor than we expect, I would not be shocked. This is a guy who had all the talent and it's just it's still just kind of putting the pieces together. So I'm rooting for Thomas. I, it, it wouldn't shock me if he kind of plays his way onto the roster. Oh, I'm, he will absolutely make the roster. I'd be, I'd be very surprised if he didn't make the roster. Um, I'd be very surprised if he played over Lenore, and there's absolutely no way he plays over 
Traverius Ward, but I know that. Yes, um, I, I totally agree. If he snuck past Lenore Niners at are, some point, it wouldn't shock me. It would definitely shock me. I know there's big things for Lenore coming. I know the Niners are really excited about him. Because, um, again, we thought it was going to be the other way around. Thomas was the higher pick. He was third. Lenore is fifth. And uh, fifth round. And, uh, yeah, it just, after one year, it kind of flipped. So, I'd be, I'd be surprised if we saw a switch, but I wouldn't be so upset because it would just we got two good two good cornerbacks behind Ward. Totally, and then we do have a rookie in there. We got uh, Deshaun Jameson. He's fighting it out. A couple guys in the back end: Trey Swilling, Anthony Averett, Quantrez Knight. I don't know if I really expect any of those guys to make the roster. Quantrez Knight is impressed at times, so if he sneaks his way on, I wouldn't be shocked. But, yeah, I don't really know what to expect with that one, to be honest. I expect nobody else in that group to make it. Yeah, I think you're you're probably right. So we move on real quick to the 49ers' safety room at free safety to Sean Gibson we have as the starter. Uh, he obviously was very, very solid last year, provides – a high level of defensive leadership for this team that the team really appreciates. And after him at free safety, Jair Brown, a rookie out of Alabama who has really, really impressed in training camp. This one interests me. I really truly believe that Jair Brown will be starting at free safety by the end of this season. After him, you got, yeah, I don't, I guess that's not that, that controversial of a take, but I expect him to beat out Gibson. Although Gibson was really, really good last year. So he's going to have to play well to do that. After that, you got Taylor Hawkins. That's the free safety group. Strong safety. You have all pro, fifth round pick, Daniels Hero, Talanoa Hufunga. You want to just. Top 100 in the NFL? Yeah, give me 30 seconds on Hufunga and that strong safety room, Daniel. I just. I could rave about him all day, but I'm very excited to see another full season of him. Uh, As I said, he made it on the top 100 list. I can't remember exactly what number. Part of me wants to say 79. I thought that was the highest uh, Niner number, Um, but I can't. I guess lowest on the list, but I can't remember exactly. Um, So the the four safeties they'll keep are Gibson, Hufunga, Brown, and Odom. I don't see anybody else making it. They normally go with four safeties, um, I think mainly because they've had Dante Johnson around, who's not anymore, who can kind of go either way. I don't know how, but he'll be back. I don't know how, but he'll be back. Um, he yeah, is infinite. I mean, it's, he is all. He is Dante Johnson. Hufunga is going to be there for years. I think they're going to re-sign Hufunga when it's time and keep him around. He's just too good and progressing too quickly as well to not. But it's only a matter of time before Brown takes over for Gibson. And uh, yeah. Gibson will be a great backup veteran presence. But Odom is, is in Hufunga's shadow where he will be. And there's just no chance other than of injury for that to change at all. And I think Hufunga is going to be one of the biggest contributors on this defense this year and will keep rising up lists. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, Real quick, we'll just knock out the special teams. Punter Mitch Wyschnowski, he's not going anywhere. Uh, Tabor Pepper will continue to be the long snapper. There is a little bit of a battle developing at kicker. We got another one of those oars snuck in here. You got rookie Jake Moody, third-round pick out of Michigan, versus NFL vet Zane Gonzalez. Uh, If Moody does not win this, I will be shocked. He has been, by all accounts, incredibly impressive at camp so far. Nailed a couple 60-yarders recently. I, I don't see a world in which Moody does not win this job. 
Daniel, do you do you disagree or same page on that one? Um, I would be pretty furious if Jake Moody did not become the Niners starting kicker because we spent a third round pick on him. And uh, that's a pretty valuable pick, especially to choose a kicker and to only have him be the backup behind a veteran like Zane Gonzalez, especially someone who's bounced around. So yeah. I would Gonzalez be upset is, if he is not. If he's not, Gonzalez is a good kicker. I, I like Zane Gonzalez. I got nothing against him. But yeah, Moody by all accounts is winning that battle. Uh, punt returner Ray Ray McLeod right now is leading that kickoff returner. Same thing. Then you got Willie Sneed, Ronnie Bell, Deshaun Jameson on the list. I don't. I don't see Willie Sneed continuing there. I'm not sure I see him making the team. Maybe at some point Ronnie Bell sneaks past McLeod. I just have this lingering feeling that McLeod being somewhere else is within the realm of possibility with a couple other speedy receivers that the 49ers have brought in. But I would expect McLeod to be returning kicks. What do you think, Daniel? Uh, Ray Ray McLeod all the way. That's why the Niners signed him. They didn't sign him to be uh, the number four receiver. He'll do a couple of a plays every few few weeks here and there, maybe another another seventy yard. Uh, that was awesome. What week it was, but we love those option plays. But yeah, he's he signed as a returner, so he's got that locked up. Yep, I I think I agree. Uh, well, that is the 49ers unofficial depth chart, listeners. I am sorry we had to kind of rush through it there, but again, don't take this too seriously. It is unofficial for a reason. But keep an eye on the 49ers' uh, upcoming joint practices with the Raiders and their first preseason action on Sunday. You'll you'll be able to learn a lot by who does and doesn't play on in the preseason. So that that should be fun. Daniel, any any parting thoughts to the listeners? Football's coming. We, we'll have more to talk about in two weeks, and be fun to see some game action before then. It most certainly is coming. Uh, all right. Well, thank you for tuning in. We are so glad to be back, and we will not let it be this long before uh, we grace your ears with our voices again. <laughs> Stay safe out there, everybody. Uh-huh.